My brothers and sisters, the Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus spoke to the crowds about the kingdom of God, and he healed those who needed to be cured. As the day was drawing to a close, the twelve approached him and said, Dismiss the crowd so that they can go to the surrounding villages and farms and find lodging and provisions, for we are in a deserted place here. He said to them, Give them some food yourselves. They replied, Five loaves and two fish are all we have, unless we ourselves go and buy food for all these people. Now the men there numbered about 5,000. Then he said to his disciples, Have them sit down in groups of about 50. They did so and made them all sit down. Then taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he said the blessing over them, broke them, and gave them to the disciples to set before the crowd. They all ate and were satisfied. And when the leftover fragments were packed up, they filled 12 wicker baskets. The gospel of the Lord. Every so often, someone will ask the question, what's the hardest part of being a priest? And from their reactions, they seem to all have certain expectations of what they think the answer is going to be. The promises made to remain chaste for life, forsaking having a wife and family of your own. The promise of obedience to the archbishop, recognizing that any day the archbishop can call and say, I need you to go to a new assignment. And there's an expectation that you would put aside your wants and your desires and say yes for the good of the church. And there's obviously some truth to both of those examples and other challenges all come to mind. But over the last 23 years of priesthood, for me the hardest part has always been the extremes that a priest can encounter in just the course of one day. What do I mean? Being a part of one family's incredible joy and then another family's incredible pain in the matter of just a few hours. And this was all really dramatically captured for me one Saturday, very early in my priesthood. Saturdays were ordinarily in our parish relatively manageable compared to other parishes. So when my pastor was away for the week, I wasn't concerned by the fact that I had the 8.30 daily mass, a nuptial mass, a wedding at 3 o'clock, confessions at 4.30, and then the vigil mass at 5.30. It was a bit loaded of the day, but... Being a relatively young priest, I thought I can easily handle that. The daily mass and the vigil mass were something that was very familiar by that point, even with a group of confirmation kids that were coming to the 530 mass for one of their confirmation projects. And I was extremely excited to celebrate the wedding mass for this couple that I had been preparing for over a year. 
What I didn't expect was a funeral coming in that Saturday morning. And there was the notice posted on the bulletin board earlier in the week that the funeral director had called to arrange for the funeral mass on Saturday at 10 o'clock. And at first, I, if it wasn't someone I was very familiar with, I thought, well, perhaps I can get another priest to come in and cover the funeral. As it turned out, it was a funeral for a 25-year-old woman whose name really didn't register right away. And then I realized it was the daughter of a couple who were regular faithful parishioners. In the three years that I had known them, I had never met their daughter or even knew that they had a daughter for that matter. Only with this sad news did I learn all that and that she had suffered from a drug addiction and had been in and out of rehab facilities and programs, but tragically had not been able to ward off those demons as she died from an overdose. And in talking and meeting with the family, it was obviously that they wanted me as their parish priest to celebrate the Mass. So going into that day, I thought I was prepared. I had my homilies printed out in different colored folders that I triple-checked. Definitely did not want to have the wrong homily in the wrong folder that day. I had the altar servers assigned. I had help throughout the day with parishioners to assist, whether it was just to help clean up or set up for the next celebration. But emotionally, I could not have imagined the challenge that that day proposed. Seeing a family devastated by tragic loss, and then just a few hours later, a family with similarly aged young people gathering to celebrate the joy of uniting a husband and wife. Then a bunch of confirmation kids coming to the 530 Mass for a project that was part of their CCD program. And it was during that 5.30 p.m. Mass that I had a spiritual revelation that had never left me. It was as we were preparing the altar for now the fourth time, and I saw parishioners gathering again to bring the bread and wine up to the altar, that it clicked that I had seen this happen four times in that very church, but to very, very different congregations. First to a group of mostly elderly parishioners who faithfully attend Mass every morning, then to a church of people, some stunned, some numb in grief, then to families filled with joy as well as some fear as they watched two young adults make one of the biggest steps in their lives. And now at the end of the day, with about 300 ordinary parishioners ranging from newborns to 80-somethings gathering together as they did week after week. In some ways, they couldn't have been more different, yet they all came to the same altar. They all came as they were, looking to be fed by the body of Christ. And I realized I was feeling somewhat frustrated because that Eucharist, I wish I could say, instantly removed all the pain and grief for that one family. That Eucharist, I wish I could say, guaranteed that newly married Mr. and Mrs. protection from all pain and suffering and only the richest of blessings for the rest of their lives. That Eucharist, I wish I could say, just as miraculously transformed everyone's ordinariness into something extraordinary as bread and wine becoming Jesus' body and blood did. But sadly, that wasn't the case. People still sobbed. 
I'm unsure of what happened to that couple the days, weeks, and years since, since they left and got married and moved out of state. And as I looked around during that 5.30 p.m. mass, despite my best efforts, some were yawning, some didn't seem to have changed at all during that mass. But I realized then that it was my own expectations that were kind of messed up. And I walked away with a new appreciation because what everyone had in common, what everyone desired, and very personally what I knew to be true at the end of that very long day, was what had sustained me and nourished me, was Jesus' very presence in that Eucharist. That all those moments throughout that day, he himself fed us with his very flesh. He himself quenched us of our thirst with his very blood. It was Jesus' very presence alone that every group of people desired on some unspoken level. It was Jesus himself that would be with one family in their darkest, most painful moments and would remain with them every day as they tried to come face to face with that loss in their lives. It was Jesus himself that was the guest at that wedding feast who would remain with that couple in good times and in bad, in sickness and in health, all the days of their lives. It was Jesus himself who made the ordinary extraordinary in that daily and weekly nourishment would impact and change the lives of every soul who welcomed him and received him and really consumed him if they allowed him to change their very lives. The challenge for us on this celebration of Corpus Christi where we rejoice and we celebrate and we reflect on the gift, on this mystery is in the midst of our daily struggles, in the extremes of life that all of us inevitably will encounter, moving from joy to sorrow, and sometimes just monotony in the day-to-day, is do we look to Jesus' presence in the Eucharist to transform us and to guide us, forcing us to do as he does for us, to lay down our lives, to give, to share, to in fact love him as he loves us, to make his real presence real in the lives of others.